from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This episode of Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by the spiders that control the DMV. Instead, it's brought to you by CrimeCon. Yes, CrimeCon, happening on May 4th through 6th this year, 2018, in Nashville, Tennessee, which is freaking awesome. We're going to be there. A whole bunch of people from ID Network are going to be there. Some other people from ID Network are going to be there. It's going to be awesome. Oh, and there's other podcasters there. So you really want to go. So go to CrimeCon.com, use our promo code SIDEWAYS to get a discount on your ticket, and we'll see you there because, you know, we're going to be there. We're going to do a live show. We'll probably have a meetup or three. It's going to be great. You really should go. Okay, we'll talk to you then. Bye. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways. I am Steve, as always, joined by... Devin. Joe. And once again, we've got a mysterious story for you. Yeah. This This is uh, creepy mysterious. It's a creepy cryptid. Ooh. With a bad smell. Yeah, yeah, this one. Th- th- this. Oh, what is the WrestleMania? The, you smell what I'm cooking? Yeah, that's not going to work in this episode because this is a stinky critter. I also have no idea what you're talking about. So, yeah, well, it was 12 when I watched WrestleMania, so it's been a long time. That is the many, appropriate many age to decades. watch that. Brace okay. for all of the angry emails. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week we are going to talk about a cryptid, and we're going to talk about a cryptid that I think a lot of people have probably not heard of before. I hadn't. Bigfoot. 
No. Yeti. A different one. No. Mothman? No. Chupacabra? No. No? No. It's the Mockingwari. Ooh. Oh, the Mopingwari? Mopingwari. Ooh. I'm going to probably mispronounce it every time I say it. Well, I'm just going to really creatively avoid even saying it once. So okay. Good news. Well, the mocking. The Mopingwari Which we're going to call the M from now on. <laughs> is a creature that is said to live in the Amazon rainforest, mostly in the northern part of South America. So Brazil, Peru, Colombia, Bolivia, kind of that general top yeah. portion of the, the that continent. Yeah, if that confuses you, uh, when you look at the map, it's the fat part. Yes, the yeah. bulge at the yeah, top. It's, 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 if, if, it, if South America was a drumstick, it would be the part with the meat on it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The part the you care about. Part Part, yeah. Not the sticky part. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the, so the locals in that area have been telling each other stories for generations about this creature. And when the Europeans came to South America, they very happily told them about the Mopingwari as well. So let's, this is a different critter. So let's just kind of start at the beginning. Let's start with what does it look like? Yeah. I just want to sidetrack immediately oh, and tell right. you that my favorite thing about this part of the world is that there are literally so many different species of things that we genuinely have not discovered yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so the, you know, the idea of cryptids and things like that, I just love. And I also extra love when the white people came down there and the natives were like, listen, this is a thing we know. They were like, that's not like anything I've ever heard. You made that up. You absolutely. That's a fake thing. Stop uh -huh. pulling my leg. <laughs> What? No, no, really, <laughs> stop pulling my leg. There's nothing in my pocket. Yeah. No, I, I so I don't know. I, I immediately love the story immediately. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Good. I feel validated. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's just, like I said, start with the beginning, which is what does the mopping Wari look like? Uh, I just want to say I, I like the story too. Good. I don't Good love thinking. it as much as her. But, well, uh, you know, it's okay. I mean, it's it's, it's a it's a gradient. It's graduated scale. Yeah. yeah. As long I, as we all kind of like it, we're okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Typically, our creature is described as traveling around on four legs, uh, but it has been said to stand when it's standing on its rear legs. Stands somewhere between seven to nine feet tall. Uh, that converts to two to two and three quarter meters. So not short. No, not short at all. Uh, we're not really sure what the creature weighs because nobody's ever found one. So they can't ever get an accurate guess on its weight. And to be honest... I mean, you know, really when all you can see is what it stands like in the jungle, you're probably not too worried about its weight. You're probably worried about, oh my God, that's a big giant tall And getting thing. away you're from it. You're probably actually running away by this point, <laughs> yeah. so you're not even looking at it <laughs> yeah. anymore. Exactly. The skin of the mopping wari is said to be super tough. It's described as being so tough that it is impervious to both arrows and bullets. This particular cryptid is covered in a very thick coat of hair all over its entire body. And that hair is sometimes described as a, like the... If, have you guys seen the photos of the tail of the, the giant anteaters? Yeah, yeah they got bushy it, little tails. Yeah, and yeah. that hair looks, I don't know, it's 6, really 12 inches long, like giant yeah. locks oh, of yeah. hair. That's what apparently this creature is covered in that length of hair, something mm. in that range. That's fairly rare in wild animals it, it, well depending well okay in high altitude animals you would expect that density of hair yeah but in animals in this in area. the rainforest yeah you wouldn't think it'd be yeah. all that necessary but huh? then again yeah. we got to be careful of okay just because the hair is long doesn't mean it's dense well i guess the length is the thing already that's throwing me off 
because I would agree that in a high altitude, you'd want dense, mm -hmm. but you wouldn't want long because it would catch all the snow and freeze and get clumpy. You want right. dense, short hair. Uh, really, there's no good reason for an animal to have long hair like that because it's pretty in much always going to, in almost it's gonna any, get, it's, it's going to get matted up. Pretty, just, stuff, pretty yeah. much just going to get really awful and hinder them. Well, you know, yeah, you ever seen the backside of a sheep? Of, it's not good. No, yeah, you know, and they have to be sheared yeah. regularly. <laughs> yeah, you know, evolution does not always proceed uh, in a rational manner. I Fair know, enough. A lot of people Fair try enough. to you know, believe that it does, but not necessarily. Yeah, Mistakes true, true. are made. Yeah. 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 Well, in, in the hair on this particular creature, the, the coloring is is debatable. Some people will say that it is reddish in color. Others will say that is more of a black color. Wow. We don't have an exact... And yeah. with cryptids, it's always like this, so yeah. I'm not really thrown off by A lot that. of times it matters on the lighting that true. people have Very seen true. them in. Or, uh, you also, know, maybe the mud. They're like, maybe they're like people and they just have different colored hair. Yeah, absolutely. Possible. Absolutely. Yeah. They're, Most so. animals do. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Uh, the hair, though, apparently needs to be washed because the mopping wari is a stinky, stinky, stinky critter. Well, if it has long hair, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, by accounts of locals, you know that it has arrived by your nose sensing it before you actually see or Wait. hear it show up. How do we know that these aren't just like, you know, hippies? <laughs> I, I really, I was really thinking, man, it's just one of those 70s hippies. But then I realized the story went way <laughs> back. Way so back. It's definitely, yeah. back it's not that. patchouli. Maybe yeah. this is where the hippies came from. Yeah. <laughs> this is the hippie it's breeding the, ground. It's the hippie origin story. Yeah. We found it. Aww. No, I don't think that's it. But I do enjoy the stories that I've read from locals that talk about the Mopingwari showing up and they're hiding. And as it gets closer, the smell gets stronger and stronger until it is so strong and overwhelms them and they pass out. That's great. I just, I find yeah. that really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it takes a really strong smell to make somebody just pass out. It does. It does. And we'll talk about the reasons of why that might, quote unquote, be happening. But it would make sense to me if they had long hair in the rainforest, if the sweat that was coming off of them and then the general stank of being dirty in general was all getting kind jungle of... Jungle stank? Yeah. Or, you know, berries and stuff getting stuck in there. And stepping just... in, you know what? Yeah. yeah. I mean, or sliding through it, you know. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, or there's... falling down in it. And then it just gets all stuck in the fur and just ferments. Yep. Yep. Well, it's, you don't want to get on that yeah. slip and slide. Terrible. According to legend, the Mopingwari has really, really big claws on both its front and its rear feet. And speaking of the feet, there is something that is described about its rear feet that is strange. Uh, and it took me a while to, to sort out. And that is that the description of its rear feet typically says in the accounts that they were backward facing. And initially I thought, well, that's weird. Its front feet are facing forward and its back feet are facing completely backwards. It doesn't make any sense. Not really. But what I started doing some research, uh, what I figured out is that there are some animals that have really large claws, like let's say A the sloth. The sloth. Modern day sloths, they have really long claws. Well, those are meant for hanging onto trees and branches and traveling around in that arboreal forest. But if they're on the ground, it's terrible for walking. So what they end up doing 
is kind of curling their claw underneath their foot. They kind of like walk on the claws, right? Yeah, they kind of walk on the claw and the side of their foot. Yeah, like in that very cute sloth picture that yeah. Devin is now waving yeah, around. Yeah, so it's it's very strange, but it's kind of a if you if you took your hand and you took your fingers and you folded them under and then rolled your hand onto the mm-hmm. the the side slash heel. That's that's kind of what they're they're walking on the side of their foot. Uh, yeah, their feet are it, not pointed backwards. It feels kind of like um like your when your nails get really long. I know all of you have this happen to you 100% of the time. the time. But if your nails imagine your nails were really really long and you're trying to crawl, your nails were like getting stuck, so they'd be pulling your feet like kind of backwards mm-hmm. that's what that looks like to me yeah which is i think a symptom a symptom of that is the curling them under yeah they're like but well, either way they're not actually backwards facing so that's, like that's but that's a weird boop. thing yeah it is still weird uh another, and i guess unique yes yeah, either that or it's got two front ends possible yeah that's, maybe that's, that's two heads yeah. two, two front ends that's yeah. like the so when it stands at its hind legs it's really doing a handstand <laughs> and standing on its hind legs both at the same time so another strange there's all kinds of strange things about this critter another strange thing about the mopping is its face which is this is up for a lot of debate some people say that the face is like a hairy humanoid face or a, a monkeyish face you know shorter nose two eyes that are side by side instead of say like a dog's you know or a, a rabbit's where they're kind of more on the side of the head mm-hmm. so it's more humanoid in that regard but then there's other stories that say that no it doesn't have more of your traditional human face it's got more of a snout but it only has a single eye so it's a cyclops mm. Which we have not seen in nature before. No, that so I was going to say, there's happen. no good yeah. practical reason for one single eye. No, it's, there's a lot of reasons to have two at least. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If, two at the minimum. Yes. Yeah. I, I have four, and I'm very happy about that. Yeah, I, I was you, meaning to talk you to you about that. work with two, because <laughs> yeah. the more the better. Yeah. Um, Definitely yeah, redundancy. You know, if you lose, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, if you lose one or two, you still got a few more. Yeah, if I don't cut my hair, I can still see, because I have such long hair. Yeah. I've been dancing around this, but we should probably get into yet another weird feature of this cryptid, and that is its mouth, or more appropriately, its mouths, plural, because it has a normal mouth on its head where you would expect to see said feature, but according to the stories, it also has one in the middle of its stomach. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, if you happen to be choking to death, but you're still hungry, you can still feed yourself. Oh, is that why that happened? Exactly, yeah. Oh, well, it. see, yeah. that's not what I got from the reading. The reading oh, really? that I got said that the reason there's a second stomach there is because this cryptid, you, or st- second mouth, I should say, on its stomach is that it's there because this particular cryptid uses it to devour people who upset it. Yeah. So that it can stuff an entire human being just right into its middle. Straight, straight in without chewing. Straight in. Shove with, it straight yeah. into the gullet. Yeah. yeah. So it's really like no face from Spirited Away. Something like that. Right? Yeah. Where it's actually just a mask on his face and his actual mouth is just in the middle of his stomach and it's just a horrible disaster. Yep. That's right. Ooh, that that's awful. right. Yeah. yeah. And and the reason that the Mopinguari supposedly devour people is that 
it's a defender of the forest. Okay. It's kind of the yeah. Captain Planet of the Amazon. A very hairy of, Captain Planet. A very stinky, hairy Captain Planet. Why doesn't the Amazon show then? Because he smells bad. Oh. And this creature would too require smell of vision. Too hairy. That too. Peers that it, so I have made that joke about it being the defender of the forest because the stories of the Mopinguari are that they over harvest or they kill too many animals or they're just disrespectful and burn and they do bad things. And one of the common threads around that is the peccaries. Peccaries, for those of you who don't know, they're like little piggies. They they so kind they, they yeah. aren't pigs, but well, they cute. look and yeah. act a lot like the the pigs that we know in here in the first world. They are in the pig family. They are yeah. on the ah, you know what? I don't even know if they actually are in the pig family, but they are. They uh, they're several feet high. They can weigh they can weigh up to a hundred pounds, which is equates to forty five kilograms. They're cloven hooves. They're really hairy little critters, mm. uh, and they're omnivores. So they they will eat anything. Though they prefer vegetation, so they they dig in the dirt and they eat up roots, and then they eat yeah. grasses and trees and they're whatever really, comes their way. They're really kind of a cross between goats and pigs when you think about it. You know. Yeah. Well, they're goats totally and pigs are actually kind of the same thing in just a different profile. They will well, both eat just about anything. Yeah. One has more hair than the other, and that's. And Really, the difference. Yeah, and one has cloven feet. The pigs don't have cloven feet, do they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, I didn't think that they do. Oh, totally have oh, cloven feet. Okay. They are part of the the suborder, the same suborder. As, oh, are they? As pigs. Okay. Yeah. I, the, when I did the initial reading, I got the feeling that they were on a different branch, but it was just they're even-toed ungulates. Yes. Okay. They are part of the even-toed ungulate branch. Yeah. So goats and deer have something different going on with them they're not uh, part of that apparently really okay. that goats and deer uh, it, you know we're not going to go to that path. they have different they have a different teeth oh setup. their palate mm-hmm. okay okay it's fine yeah it doesn't matter because here's the thing is that the peccary it it turns out is a great source of meat yeah and so folks in south america love to kill them and harvest them to eat and there are many, many stories of guys going out and killing way too many peccaries at once, only to have the Mopingwari show up and chase them away from their prize. Mm. So That's rude. Well, it's because they were disrespecting the forest and taking way too much at one time. More that than they need. what the stories say. More yeah. than they need. Yes. I will say that this whole eating people in the stomach mouth thing. Feeding them straight in your, in your gut. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're, weird. you're big people eater. You know, the big middle people eater portion. Uh, that's a little off of uh, some of the descriptions which say that this cryptid is a vegetarian. Yeah. It's not a vegan because even cryptids won't be vegans. So if but, they won't eat people unless they're vegetables. Uh, no. Well, see, that's the problem is that we've we've got these these two sides of the story where it is if the Mopinguari is observed eating with its upper mouth, its head mouth, it's only going to eat vegetation. Mm. It only uses the stomach mouth for devouring humans. So either it is a vegetarian or it's an omnivore, which means that we're safe as long as we don't disrespect the forest or we're all on the menu. We're screwed. But uh, 
Yeah, although I, I'm not sure. They, they say it's a vegetarian or, you know, or maybe an entrepreneur, but how would they know? It's like it's only glimpsed occasionally. So how, how do they really know what it eats? Well, but that, okay, so one of the ways that we know that is through the stories that are told because there's a story that but is that's what I mean. Is how, do, how do the people who tell these stories know this? Do they find, have they found droppings? Well, so it's, it seems to be through observation of possible attacks as well as bite marks because mm. here's a here's a story that we have here yeah. of a farmer who said that his herd of cattle it was like a hundred cattle if i remember right and over a very short period of time all of his cows were killed and eaten or uh, fed upon and he blamed it all on the mopping quarry. Uh-huh. Now I'll be I'll be honest with you. I'm pretty sure that this guy was just bitter because he originally started out farming goats, only to find out that Chupi had moved into the area. Uh, yeah, and then he went for cows. Also, just you to find out, yeah, yeah, just to find out that the mopping quarry was also in there. It's, it's yeah. not Moppy's fault that he likes cow. Yeah, come so, on. So in this case, it probably was the message he was sending is it's not even so much that I hate cows. It's just like you cleared all this area. To raise cows, you know, right. mow down all these trees. Maybe is that the message? Because I wouldn't think the Mop and Guari would really hate cows, would you? No, no, because I mean, cows are dumb, lovable critters. Yeah. So I'm guessing yeah. that it but was they, to send a message. Yeah, but I mean, not only are you clearing a bunch of forest, but ca- a, a large herd of cows and a naturally large herd of cows does some things to the environment around it that yep. is a complete misuse often of the environment and like really. So I can see if that's if that follows right that he will only he or they it it will only you know go after things that are really threatening their environment for whatever reason whether it be yeah. killing too many of one thing or clear cutting and whatever yeah a, a, a giant herd of cows trying to bring the number down to a more sustainable harmonic yeah. harmony harmonious harmonious group makes sense to me as well but i do like oh, harmonic harmonic like harmonic Harmonious. Yeah. Harmonious. Yeah. Harmonious. Sorry. Yeah. 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 That's that's a great point. So he's a greenie. Okay. That could be it. That he's green though. Yeah. It turns out that the Mapinguari sees the bigger picture and says, "Look at all the methane those cows are producing." Uh I don't know. Yeah. All that belching and well, you know what comes out the other end and a lot of methane. Farting. Oh my God! She said it. Yeah. Turns out, by the way, cows are terrible on waterways because they just dish. Destroy the banks of all streams. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, they yeah. do. Definitely. Which is a, a huge natural Or, hazard. again, can in large enough numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Now, they found out in similar, similar ecosystems like in, uh, you know, in the Midwest or in America, they found out when they did away with all the predators that the elves and the deer actually did a lot more damage than they would have done normally when things were a little more imbalanced because mm-hmm. their hooves just chew things up like with cows. They this just, is, yeah, yeah they, it's a really they, interesting study. I think Yellowstone, they yeah, recently they did saw this. Yeah, they did a huge study in They re-released yeah. a bunch of wolves into Yellowstone yeah. and they found out that literally everything suddenly just became way better yeah i mean everything like even the fact like the forest the actual trees in the forests were suddenly way healthier yep because yeah. it just they just kept everything in check you need those kind off. of tap yeah. those top predators yeah. to really keep everything in check so maybe that's what this is yeah. sorry that's probably yeah. too close no to no no i mean that's it's it's a great idea i mean yeah. it, it could explain a lot of things which we'll get into yeah. When we're in the theory section, let's continue with their description because oh, we just us, have a yeah. couple of uh, little bits of description of the sure. Mopping Guari yeah. left. Uh, turns out this particular 
cryptid is not indestructible. You remember in the beginning I said its skin is supposedly so tough that arrows and bullets can't go through it. But if you shoot it in the head, I'm guessing through the eye, hmm. you can kill it. I don't know where this information comes from, but you see it everywhere, which is weird because of the fact that there has never been a body found and nobody actually says they've ever killed one, yet they tell you this is how you kill it. So it's, yeah. that's a suspect obviously, piece of information. Obviously, a few people have killed them, but they just didn't bother bringing the body back home. Or it would smell too bad. Yeah, yeah, I mean, either it would smell too bad or, you know, if this is a very old oral tradition mm -hmm. we i think it's fair to say that there's the possibility that somebody 300 years ago once upon a time killed one you know mm -hmm. and and said okay well this is how you do it if you ever really need to but really try not to because the only reason they're going to come after you is if you're being horrible right right yep see uh final bit of information we have here uh, the so overall i think we've all kind of established that the mopinguari sounds like a legend as mm -hmm. devin was just saying oh, yeah. years ago and it is possible that that's the case but there actually is today or in recent history a group of people who have been actively looking for it and they are or they were at least pr uh, a couple of years ago headed by a man named David Oren. Mm -hmm. uh, Oren was an ornithologist, which is hilarious. <laughs> that's good. Uh, but I he... think that's, that's pronounced ornithologist. <laughs> you say ornithologist. <laughs> oh, well, did you mean... Okay, forget it. Yeah, no, okay. I, I did that on purpose. Uh, okay, forget it. Uh, but uh, he was an ornithologist, uh, and he went to South America on a regular basis to study the birds there. And at some point while he was there, he heard about and then became very interested in the Mapinguari. He's gone on several expeditions over the years, but of course has never found anything conclusive. I mean, it's it's funny is that I read the articles about him, I, and I he's going that. down there. He's doing this is the same thing that Bigfoot hunters do, which I just totally don't get. I mean, the Talks, call. Yes, he yeah. goes down. He does this call. He has no idea if it's the right call. He could literally be saying "shut up and run away" in their language, but he has no freaking idea. But he's still bellowing this noise out. Hopefully, he's not saying something like, "Hey, I'm a hot, I'm a hot mopping gory chick. Come and have me, happy <laughs> ladies." Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of like me with my cats. You know, if I'm trying to call my cats, I might go. Meow. <laughs> yeah, we've had a conversation about that, actually. Yeah, we've, we've heard you do that before. Yeah, I don't know what, what the cats hear at their end, if that even remotely sounds to a cat like a meow. Butthead, butthead, yeah, butthead. Yeah, Apparently he thinks butthead is an endearment. Did you uh, know that means? Yeah. yeah, I did. I'm used to it, Bozo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you are kind of a butthead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, but you know the thing is, is that he went. He's been down there for several expeditions. He hasn't found squat. No, I don't know if he's still doing these. Uh, it sounded like his career. A lot of people were looking at him very poorly for this in the scientific community. It's, yeah. it's frowned upon to look for a cryptid like this and buy in so heavily. Mm -hmm. So we don't know. So I guess this is the initial fail for science. So our questions here, as we get into theories, are. What is the Mopinguari and does it, is really it exist? Does it exist or does it not? Yeah. So let's. I want to, I want to say though, in favor, in just in for yeah. Mr. Oren, is that I don't think from a professional standpoint he's done anything wrong because it's not like he's out there publishing loony articles about it. He just goes out, walks around the jungle looking for evidence that it might exist. Well, he publishes stuff about it. But I mean, he doesn't make loony claims about it. 
you know. Well, that depends on your definition of loony. He doesn't say stuff like, wow, you know, this totally exists, you know, and it's it's, it's super badass and it's 13 feet tall. And I mean, he doesn't say stuff like that. Uh, He just says, you know, I think it might exist. Maybe possibly there's something to it. We should look. He's he's reproducing accounts from natives. Yeah. Nothing and so in that. that way, he is yeah. recording their 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 tradition, their tradition, yeah. their perspective, and their stories. But he's he's taking it in a very serious scientific approach, and he is not pursuing very serious scientific things according to the scientific community. Yeah. So I understand where you're coming from, yeah, but that is the reason that they are poo-pooing him oh, yeah. or doing there's, it. There's uh you know, it it's it's one of those things. There might be just a few of them out there. They might just be very elusive. So yeah. it's all for not and, and, and we're gonna cover that we'll in talk theories, about that in a minute, but yeah. Which we should do right now. Yeah. Remember it's up to us, Bigfoot is a crucial part of the ecosystem if he exists. So let's all keep Bigfoot possibly alive for future generations. Unless he doesn't exist, then we shouldn't. The what end! The, what the okay. deuce is that? <laughs> Futurama, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> oh, okay. It's just how I feel about this. Okay. Right? Well, yeah. well then you're yeah. going to be happy to know that we're going to get into the theories. How's that? Is that Perfect. Good? We're going to solve this one. So the first theory is that, indeed, the Mokbinguari is just a legend. legend. And because it, it, I mean, well, it's, it sounds very legendary. Yeah. And as we all know, every culture out there has stories of creatures that they use to explain, they use them to explain away things that they just don't understand. Well, you well, know, I, I think also that every culture has a story to scare the crap out of the kids so they won't wander off into the darkness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. they do. Yeah. I mean, I was just, let's, this theory does say, could be based on something, kind something, of. Something, we don't know. Right. But I would say pretty solidly most indigenous people have some lore around something uh-huh. that is deeply discouraging greed and overuse of land. It's absolutely true. Um, But is usually based on some some actual creature. Whether it be... A bear or a lion or whatever. Right, exactly. Or a fox. And and the thing is, is that this area, this part of South America, or South America itself, has some really unique creatures that are in this legendary vein my favorite one is the bodo this cracks me the hell up oh yeah the, the, uh, the dolphin that yeah the bodo is is a dolphin that lures girls away from their village and then has sex with and impregnates them so whenever a girl shows up and she shouldn't be pregnant quote unquote quote unquote shouldn't be a pregnant because she is not she's married single. yeah uh, you know, according to local custom, they go grab a dolphin. They go grab a dolphin and have a shotgun wedding. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> well, yeah. it, it means that this dolphin critter has shown up, and everybody is pulling out their iPhone and sending back and forth dolphin and eggplant emojis. Now, I did, I did a bunch of reading, and it turns out that having a creature like the Mopinguari to blame things on is a great way to save face. When something goes bad or you don't do the best job that you could. Yeah. So well, let my me... house my, my house fell over. You know, it's not because I can't build a foundation worth of crap. 
Yeah. There's that, so or yeah. the example that I have is that you go out into the forest to hunt peccaries because you're going to hunt them and you're going to butcher them and sell their meat or use that meat to feed your family. And maybe you're not a very good hunter, it you're turns a out. crappy hunter or you're a dinkfod and you screw around and you don't actually do anything. Well, then you can say, oh, well, the Mopinguari was there and it scared me away. Or if you really need to ratchet the story up, you say, oh, I shot seven of them with in one day. But then the creature showed up and chased me away and took yeah. my prize. I really like the idea of some like really lazy guy or no guy. I mean, yeah, in those cultures, in it's culture. okay. Guy going out into the forest and then later people go out to look for him and they find him asleep and he, they wake him up and he goes, Oh, the smell of the mopping. I can't say. Yeah. 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 It knocks me out. Up. I yeah. can't. The last thing I remember <laughs> is some really long hair. <laughs> it smelled so bad. Uh, the room they, spun around me and I yeah. swooned and, and knew no more. They're just like, yeah. okay, yeah, sure. No like, well, why is your blankie yeah. here? Yeah. Uh, yeah it's no, like it... the idea of, you know, the guy who's an hour late to his job and he's like about to invent daylight savings time where his boss is like, why are you an hour late? And he's like, oh, haven't you heard? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> same thing. This is probably so the invention that's where it of came this. From, huh? Yeah, that's it's, awesome. And same with the invention of this, where some guy got caught napping, and he was like, "Whoa, haven't you heard of this thing?" And everybody else was like, "Oh, I don't want to look like I'm dumb, so I'll just right. go along with it." You I don't want to think. Oh, yeah. Legend is born. Yeah. I don't want it to yeah. seem like I don't understand yeah. this art. Of course, I understand it. Yeah. So it turns out that makes sense. Yeah. Devin might be right, but it also could be that. There are a lot of strange things in the jungle. Oh, no fooling. And when it is dark and inhospitable in that environment, sometimes you see and you hear things that you just can't explain. Yes. And while they may just be perfectly normal run-of-the-day critters, when it is dark and they are crashing through the forest and underbrush at you, you are not willing to stand around and wait for them to figure out what they are. Instead, you hightail it away. That is the time in which point you will make up a description of said animal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that could be where it is that the Mopinguari came from. I will say the thing that I find really interesting about the story of the Mopinguari is that the, the that north, as Joe called it, the, the, the big, top of the, the drumstick part, yeah. of South America, that is a huge area. It is really big. And there are all of these indigenous tribes that don't have any contact with one another. And yet, they all have a different name for the Mopinguari, but they all seem to describe the same creature. Well, yeah, but, so that makes you wonder well, if they're not talking to one another, well, there could be some credence in it. Well, please, please dash my hopes. Well, Devin. no, I'm not going to yeah. dash your hopes. I'm just going to say that I think there are enough similar but different descriptions of mm -hmm. this creature, right? Some say that. It is a cyclops. Some say that it's got a giant mouth in its stomach. I would assume that we're saying their general assumptions of the very giant hairy thing. The very giant hairy stinky thing. Yeah. Which like could describe us in this room right now, really. <laughs> Which mean, one of us is stinky? You. Why does oh, she keep thanks. talking about my beard? Yeah. yeah. No, I, but you, you see where I'm going with this, I do. right? Is I that do. I think that there are enough 
kind of different descriptions of this thing to explain there could be a sighting of something that's fairly normal, but the own lore has kind of taken it to that next level and made it the legends. Because again, if there is, if there is in fact a seven to nine foot giant hairy thing, uh-huh. even if it's a total, total vegetarian creature that is no threat whatsoever, but if there's something like that in the forest up there, mm-hmm, which yeah. there may well could be might be yeah i would absolutely take that to scare my children out of not going in i would uh, you make know? sure the kids didn't go in there either and but you know you the, change uh, one thing you change an eye you make a giant mouth in the middle you, you give it a horn out of its forehead do whatever yeah. Yeah, to yeah. make it a little extra scary but yeah, it's kind of like the internet you want to punch things up a little right. bit but, but uh, so that that just kind of seems like that to me i mean american native american tribes have a lot of that too you see mm-hmm. a lot of lore crossover in areas so oh yeah and the uh, thing about it is is these tribes are like uh, all separated now but they all came from the same place true I mean, very yeah. good point yeah africa they did and uh, well mesopotamia but yeah. africa yeah well and it and how long did it take the story to travel from one side of the continent to the other well yeah but yeah they so all, it could be that yes they yeah. all tell the same varia- variation but it has and, a central a central point yeah and also a thousand years ago or something oh um, far farther than that i mean man you know humans arrived in the yeah, Americas I'm making like a 10 10 15, years ago but and so that would explain something else too this could be a creature that existed like 10,000 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it may well have existed. Yeah. And so, you know, it's... Or it's, something very similar. Yeah, something real, real It seems unlikely it. that a real cyclops with a giant mouth in I the middle of that. it existed, yeah. but some version of this may have existed. Something that, uh, something yeah. with two eyes, I think, but and something that maybe resembled a mouth in its midriff. I would agree. You know, maybe something that resembles was a mouth. not actually a mouth. But I didn't think there are more yeah. theories, and we can explore that more in the theories. Yes, oh, yeah. the absolutely. You are both absolutely right, and we are going to we're right. actually going to re we're going to cover some of that territory Great. again. Well, Let's okay. move on to theory number two, which is everybody's favorite theory, which is that it was Biggie. Yeah, not Big, Biggie Smalls, but yeah. Biggie Foot. Biggie Foot. Yeah, because it the notorious is notorious Big Foot. Yes, yes. So it is believed that possibly the Mopinguari is just a relative of Bigfoot. Could be. If you look at and and by the way, this is not an episode on Bigfoot, so please excuse the brevity here. But in general terms. Bigfoot is seen, sightings are reported all over the United States, but the vast... And Canada. And Canada, but the vast majority of them are on the West Coast. That's where the highest concentration of sightings are. If you look and you run down the coast, the Western coast of the U.S., you know what you find? You find a great trail right into that drumstick portion of South America. That's the way they went down there. So that is the theory is that they migrated south over time, the, the, the Bigfoot clan, and they, they, you know, they said, hey, we like soccer more than you do here in North America, so we're going to go down there where they have soccer. So that's why they traveled south. And now the Mopinguari is all over the Amazon forest, 
playing soccer. Well, you know, I, I look at it this way. It's like man started uh, emigrating, migrating across the land bridge between Siberia and Alaska years and years ago. Mm-hmm. And, years. Uh, Just yeah. mere years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Back. <laughs> decades ago. And actually, it was decades ago, if you yeah. have a lot of decades. Literally, yeah. yeah. A hell of a lot tens of decades. Tens of decades. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hundreds of, but anyway. Hundreds of thousands. Tens so, of tens of decades. Right. And so here's all these, these humans showing up, and there's Bigfoot just hanging out. And they're all like, crap. And look at all these people. Now we've got to like hide and be elusive and all this crap. And I don't like that. A lot of them packed up and moved south to get away from these interlopers. And the interlopers, unfortunately, kept moving south. Now, oh, Christ, time to move again. And so, essentially, mankind was just pushing Bigfoot further and further south. Big in feet. Essential, the, the, uh, big feet, excuse me, yeah. And until eventually, you know, they, they wound up all the way in South America. Would a big be Bigfoot with an umlaut? Or no, it's feet. Okay. I thought it was Bigfoot. Big feet. Well, the, yeah. the thing is, though, is if, I mean, to Joe's, to talk about what Joe's saying, is that the ones that didn't move, the ones who said, this is my land, I own this land, they then became our modern Bigfoot, yeah. who are the international hide-and-seek champions. Yes. They are. So if they are related, if the Mapinguari is related to Bigfoot, then it's no wonder that they haven't even be, been able to get a blurry photo of them, because the Mapinguari is even better at hide-and-seek. They are so, so good that yeah. we don't even know that they exist. Bingo. Yeah, we know they exist. Of course they do. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Let's move on to our next theory, though. Uh, the next theory is that the Mapinguari is a relative or actually isn't a relative. It is a giant sloth. I like this one a lot. I yes. really dig yeah. this one. You've seen pictures of this guy. I have. I this, mean, everybody has. The Megatherium. Yeah. Yes. The ancient giant sloth. Yes. Oh, so for those of you who don't know, there was a huge giant animal that lived in South America during the early Pliocene which is the giant sloth. And this creature is much like sloths today, except way mega bigger. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of big animals back then. Yeah, like, yeah. There was a lot of megafauna. Like around around here in the in, in the Oregon Flora. area, North Pacific fauna. Northwest. Fauna. Yeah, is fauna. But uh, we had like 600-pound beavers. Yeah. Can you imagine a 600-pound no. beaver? Oh, my God. I cannot. But th- yeah. that was the, the joy of having such a high density of oxygen and things like that. It could sustain that sort of critter and as uh-huh. the oxygen levels drop. That's why we don't have giant dragonflies anymore because thank spiders. God thank God for that. Yeah. I mean, they, but, they, they used to have that giant eagle that could carry away children. I yes. Mean, yes. Maybe that's what happened yeah. to Washington's eagle. Yeah. But the the the, biggest, the the giant sloth weighed about four tons and was somewhere around 20 feet long from nose to tail. Uh, that uh, converts to about six meters. And this thing was uh, basically the size of a mammoth. You know, ye old woolly mammoth that we yeah. all see? Ye old woolly, woolly mammoth that is somehow larger than modern elephants. Right. So This was yeah. bigger than a modern elephant. Yeah. Giant creature. <laughs> nowhere near as cute as a modern sloth, I am sure. They're super but cute. 50 times more scary. Yeah. As long as he's, you know, in the... I don't know. As long as he was into the same thing, as he was just being slothful. Well, they had you know? longer noses. Yeah. More they like, walked on the ground. They, they walked were too on the big ground. to be in trees. Well, I just, yeah. Ah. 
Yeah, way, way too big to be in trees. And so, I mean, there was megafauna at that point, yes. as, or flora, flora yes. as well as megafauna. Trees, you mean? Yeah, yeah, but not yeah. not that big. No, no. Yeah. And so they, they walked on the ground, and they, they stood up to feed on plants, trees at that time. They had schnozzes. Big, big nose, big mouth. Not like sloths now. But the thing is, is that these creatures, as with a lot of the creatures, the megafauna from the, the Pliocene, they died out about 10,000 years ago. Because it turns yeah. out the Earth was not made to sustain stuff Well, like the that. Earth yeah. had changed to a point that it couldn't sustain yeah. those kind of things. It actually was designed or For like a hot second, time. yeah. Yeah. Well, it's actually right about right about that time that man was discovering how to make tools, including like spears. So I might have something we to do with it. We screwed it up too. yet again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we did co exist right uh yeah with them yeah i mean we yeah. existed at the same time like at least most of these things did like you know the saber-toothed tiger and the woolly man yeah no yeah. i just think that's an important distinction to make when we talk about this like prehistoric time especially man. with yeah, giant like dinosaurs well it's not yeah. necessarily before man but we talk about dinosaurs and then oftentimes this kind of era gets lumped in with this the dinosaur, dinosaur world, world. Yeah, different, but different era but yeah. totally different era and yeah. an era that humans were developing yes with not written but certainly oral traditions. Yes, this is before yeah. we were hunched over a keyboard. We were still yeah. the the running. We were the still steer, hunched over a fire. We were standing up straight. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 We were we're definitely bipedal right. at this point. Yeah. But I think that is something that's interesting to mention mm -hmm. when we talk about this because, as we were talking about in the last theory, if this is an oral tradition, it is possible. Extremely that ancient. That man, it was creatures. so old. This yeah. legend. That just kept getting passed down and down and down, and people just were saying, "Well, they're still there. Of course, they're still there. Why yeah. would they not still be there?" Yeah, but um, they're not there anymore. Yeah, yeah, probably true. Yeah, I just think that's worth mentioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, but the, the basic theory here is that the the Mopingwari is in fact a a megatherium, and that the species had somehow managed to live nearly undiscovered all these years in the Amazon forest. Remember, they were in South America 10,000 years ago. And the descriptions of its size and its claws would certainly support that. They, they're very similar. Well, yeah. and there, there is the issue of the second mouth. That definitely was not uh, on the But I would say version. a giant sloth is much larger. Brought down over the years. Right, know. but... And we're going to yeah. talk about but that. But as we're yeah. talking, an ancient giant sloth genuinely would be way bigger oh, yeah, no, than no. The, what that's they were I describing. That's why I think this is a somewhat shrunk down version. Right. I would, and, but yeah. also, and, and that's the next theory. And right. there, are, there are animals out there right now that they're, you know, we all read about them all the time. Oh, my God, we thought this thing was extinct for like yeah. 100 years. Yeah, was the fish? They found yeah. like 50 years ago there was some fish that they were certain had died out a thousand or five thousand years ago. Yeah, I and can't, I can't the think of it. it. It starts with an L, and then it's like luck something. But then they found it. Yeah. And oh my God, we discovered it again. And, and then it was, they, and then they like dropped it and killed it. But yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. But but it was living in some river in some Amazonian Amazonian probably. forest situation. Because yeah. yeah. that's usually where these stories happen. Yeah. And that's why this story is so interesting yes. to me again as as i said at the top that these stories of 
No, no, that's totally extinct. It's been extinct for like hundreds of thousands of years. Uh, then no. suddenly they say, Oh, maybe not. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we founded 20 of them. Yeah. <laughs> They've been alive this entire time. So the other things that, that kind of seem to work against this, but maybe don't, is we talked about that whole second mouth thing. It turns out, though, modern sloths have scent glands on their backs, and the the fur around that scent gland is completely in con- the color of is in contrast to the rest of their fur, mm-hmm. so it stands out. So it could be that something that is a modern equivalent of the megatherium has scent glands as well, but they're on its front, and because of that different colored skin and the look of those glands, it could be that people said, "Oh my God, that." thing looks like a mouth or it was running and they didn't know and if it's a giant thing with a giant gland that would explain the giant stink coming off the giant stink uh, scent gland that would explain that i was gonna say there are plenty of much smaller species there are a lot of like moths for instance in this world that have over the millennia evolved basically it's just a defense mechanism or a fear mechanism to make it so that they look like something else. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it is possible also that they just evolved that when they stand up, it looks like they have a giant right, they mouth look like something or else something like giant and scary to scare things. Exactly. Yes. To scare things away. And that their defense mechanism is in fact to stand up and put their arms out. Like we're supposed to defend ourselves against cougars. Mm-hmm. And it just looks like there's a giant face everywhere, and that scares most of the other animals away. They they're... think it's a giant head. With it is just, it's, it's evolution but, has created the right the, as this their thing defense they... mechanism. Or, or it could be some sort of marsupial with a pouch. You know, they yeah, just, yeah. Like you want to you want to hear something weird about moths and evolution? Sure. So it turns out. You know, there are these crazy moths that have these amazingly long proboscis. Yeah, and... proboscis. Okay, and everybody said, well, that must have evolved in response to a really long flower, and Darwin got involved in this. This is That's how old this conversation is, mm. and if I remember correctly, what Darwin said was, oh, there's these flowers that have these really long things. Well, then it must have been that there was a moth with this amazing proboscis first, and the flowers went towards it. I think as he he said it went the opposite direction mm. of what you would expect it to be. And they have recently affirmed 150 years or so later, they found evidence that proves that, oh yeah, the plants were reacting to this critter instead of the critter reacting to the evolution of the plants. I don't know how they figured that one out. I don't know. It was was, was way outside of my pay grade, but just the moth thing got me on that. Uh, Let's get back into the theory, though. I'm easy to sidetrack. Yeah, where are we at But uh, I can tell you where we're at, which is the problem with this whole theory of it being a megatherium, and that is, of course, that the... Amazon rainforest is continually shrinking under pressures of both logging and the desires for usable farmland. Yeah. So 
I could see that, you know, 100 or 200 years ago, it'd be hard to find this critter because none of this mm-hmm. land is developed. But as more and more pressure is put on it and the area is shrinking more and more, you think that the chances of finding one... You're a giant sloth? Yeah, would yeah. increase. It would become easier and easier to find. And yet, we have not found one. I would say not necessarily because okay. it's totally reasonable to assume that the population is decreasing as well. Okay. Because lack of a, habitat. Right. A population, population tends to grow to the size on the land that it supported mm-hmm. or decrease to the land that it supported. Right. It's not as though it's a fishbowl. Yeah. Basically if you know, we had 20,000 acres and we had a hundred of these creatures, and then you suddenly you have ten thousand acres. You're probably not going to have that same amount of those creatures. Correct. They're going to die off. Yep. They're going to the the alpha males are going to kill each other. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Sustainable. Yeah, it's not sustainable. So I I agree that, with that. that. Well, level. I agree with that in theory, but I I also think that nature. Um, what's the quote? Uh, life uh, finds a way. Something like that. Right. But of course, the, the, the whole counter to this... My counter? Well, no, the, <laughs> the whole counter to the Megatherium theory is, as Joe brought up, is that humans existed yeah. around the same time as these creatures did. Of course, yeah. So it is possible, as he said, that the story of them was simply passed down through the generations. I think I said that. No, I said that. It's 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 about <laughs> old stuff, That's so it. Joe had to say it, because he's the old one of the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch so it, he, yeah, he yeah. was around. No? Is no, that not how that works? Well, I was not around that quite then. Okay. No, no, I'm sorry. No, I was no, trying no, to give you that, credit, but okay, Devin I said I appreciate it. it. Yeah, whichever. I said it last. Matter. Joe might have said it first, but I think I okay. said it last. Yeah, it doesn't really she, matter. She it doesn't matter. She said it, yeah, and that's good. So we have another theory. Which is the unknown descendant of the giant sloth. Which, in probably, a sense, we uh, kind of already touched we kind upon. Of yeah. But this is probably my version. favorite. Yeah. But there's some details that we haven't gone over as to why this could be a viable theory. There is, and this is something that you will see in a lot of stuff in the animal kingdom. And that is the reduction in scale of animals Because it is based on the changes in the environment, animals will grow bigger or smaller, which is why we saw things in the early Pliocene start to get bigger. And then as the environment changed, they started, I mean, we went from three, 600 pound beavers to 30 pound beavers or 40 pound beavers. Like they, they shrunk greatly and that's based on the, what the environment was or the populations and populations. And so it, it is a known phenomena, and there is something that you see in the reading. Sometimes you'll see it referred to as island dwarfism or insular dwarfism, and that is where a population is contained in an area, and based on that, their their numbers reduce, but the general size of the individuals in that population will reduce. And here's an example. So we all know the mammoth. Yeah. Mammoths were humongous creatures. That's why they were called mammoths, huh? Exactly. Except there was a population of them that ended up on some islands. And in, I 
think we don't even well, actually I can't even say I think I don't know how many generations but a very small number of generations their size reduced greatly from creatures that stood 20 plus feet tall to creatures that stood more about four to five feet tall and they are very small and based on environmental changes that just happens because that's the way they were able to live yeah because the ones i uh, the big I, ones we couldn't probably, survive. Yeah, I was going to say, we probably don't need to dive into this whole evolutionary theory or whatever. Nah, but yeah, but, but realistically, you know, you're on a small island. It's going to be able to support genetically smaller things because but they will have a better have chance. But it to be a physical island. If your habitat is very specific, yeah. that counts as an island right. as well. And so, so that's, that's what the theory is. That's exactly what I was just saying before, okay. is that either a population size will diminish or the actual physical size will diminish. Yes. So those are the two options, right? It's either... Right. Or both. Or both. Yeah. And so at this yeah. point, what's uh-huh. happened is that the, everything is shrunk and they're in a very specific set of areas but of course, nobody's mapping that. Yeah. The the locals are just freaking out and running away. They don't know. So it could be that these critters really do exist, but they're in such small population sizes and well, they diminished enough. And they don't even necessarily exist today. Maybe they all died out a couple of hundred years ago. Yeah. You know I mean? Or you maybe know. they are, you know, uh, the size of a sloth. Well, they just kept point. shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And now yeah. they're tiny. Yeah. And well, and they're well, the, you know the same size as a sloth. And then... crap, the conquistadors could have killed them out. Yeah. We don't know. That yeah. might have been. Yeah. I mean, it's that's hard the to trick say. with that area. Again, so that's the thing. Is yeah. so yeah. There's this. There's this. There's this Mopinguari out there, and you were over harvesting the peccaries, and he's really ticked about it. But he's a little pipsqueak. Yeah. You he's know, tiny he's now. only about twenty five yeah. pounds. So. Yeah. He's uh, like the equivalent of a house cat, right? Yeah, God's exactly. perfect killing machine, but somehow tiny. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so we just keep he's, picking he's them flash up. Yeah. From uh from Zootopia. He's Ant Man. Yeah. I'm going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where did you go? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Best uh, joke ever on an animated movie. Anywho, I had not seen that uh, one, but I'm oh, sure you need I will. to see that movie. Okay, it's, right. I think it, you can stream it. Oh. I, I know you can stream it. Okay. So our last theory here is that indeed the Mopinguari is a totally different actual animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it it could be that it is just getting credit for the giant anteater. The giant anteater, you guys have seen photos of the giant anteater. They are weird-looking creatures. Oh, yeah, they're weird, but they're they're kind of cute in their own funny way. Yeah, they got the, they're, yeah they're kind of, they're like a pug. They're so ugly, they can be cute. Yeah. yeah. Anteater, giant anteaters, for those of you who don't know, they, of course, they're an anteater, so they got the big, long, weird head. But they also are about six to seven feet long, which is the equivalent of about two meters. And they weigh in about 70 to 90 pounds, which is 33 to 40 kilograms, which is nowhere. So this puts them standing upright sort of in the same range and size. Uh, do they stand up though? I don't. They do. They they, they do can. I don't think they do normally. Okay. But they and I don't know that they smell bad. But they like we talked about before. They've got really long fur, and it's kind of blackish. I think normally the images I've seen they're they're grayish black, right? It depends on the individual breed. Okay. It's like dogs. Yeah. They have different colors. And I again, I think it depends on where they're from, mm-hmm. too. Okay. You'll get a lot of... This happens with almost every species. Yep. Where it depends on where they are. 
how what they need to be blending in with. Yeah, right? like, like corgis. There's different breeds of corgis yeah. depending on where and where else they're from. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, depending on their natural environs. Well, the yeah. corgis. What are color just... is the furniture in this house? That is the exactly. color dog you get. Great. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. so the thing to remember though is that the giant ant eater is a pretty passive creature. Yeah. They are not normally an aggressive creature. But they will fight back if they are threatened. Well, so, so will any animal. Yes, I mean, that's yeah. very true. They also apparently like to sleep in dense foliage, which could lend credence to the it's rushing out of the underbrush at me and it's super scary. That could be part of it. I, I, I don't know. But, I mean, again, the whole thing of people running away before they see the animal, that, that could lend, oh, well, we, I didn't realize it was an anteater. Anteaters are totally lame and there dumb. Is a certain... yeah. There's a certain embarrassment factor there, too. I ran away from, you ran away from an anteater, Ted? Yeah. Uh, really? <laughs> uh, we'll yeah. you are. Oh, no, no, it was, it was much scarier was than that. way bigger yeah. than that. Way bigger. Um, I'm currently looking at a picture of a giant anteater. It is a certain breed. I Full disclaimer, I don't know where it uh-huh. is or anything. That black and gray one? But yeah, it's black and gray, but the black patch is in a very distinct like smile across its shoulders yeah. and through its chest outlined in white that I can imagine if that were standing up, I would maybe think that was a giant open mouth uh-huh. staring right. at me. It's almost like a Cheshire cat. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Uh, yes. So yeah. there are patterns like that in yep. in their the, species. The, the giant anteater also has really big claws. Now, of course, those are designed They're to, for digging. Digging, to yeah. dig up ants and get into their uh, its uh, colonies. Yeah, I would say, yeah, yeah, most animals that I know of, at least, that have really terrifyingly long claws... Use them for digging or climbing. They don't yeah. really use them to like hurt some shredding to things. disembowel yeah. you. Yeah. 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 And and so that's the thing is that well, okay. They don't they're not all that aggressive. They're not all that dangerous. Except that it turns out that as we said, you can make them mad and they will come at you. I was reading stories of a couple of hunters a couple of times over the past years that have cornered and antagonized anteaters giant anteaters and guess who lost Uh the hunters the anteaters killed them because they are big enough and they have big enough claws that if they do land the lucky strike you're out stupid human well it's like uh yeah it kind of makes you wonder um why you would do that not just because of the danger obviously but just because you're a moron you're a moron and you're a jerk but uh yeah i mean maybe they just figure they're so passive that we can just mess with them forever they're never going to lash out at well them. one you know, thing it's not a good assumption one thing that i also wonder is the time of year that oh. most of these interactions are happening in, like and the, if oh, like breeding, season. breeding season, I yeah. was going to say more like if on accident somebody wandered in between an anteater mama and her babies, yeah. they're going to get probably pretty aggressive. Or maybe you wander in between like an anteater and a really fat, juicy colony of ants. You know, that right. would probably tick them off too. Probably yeah. less. They'd probably less so. be a little <laughs> more patient to wait. But you know, if you're standing in between pretty much any mama and her babies. You're gonna get well. This is I, this is my my direction was yeah. a uh, a bull and a cow 
yeah. he is always going to try to quote unquote defend his his territory. Right. Well, and I, and I don't know how that works with. I don't know how that works with. To them be either. honest, they they are such an alien creature to yeah. me. They literally could reproduce by osmosis, and I would have no idea. Yeah. And somebody could tell me that, and I would say that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. I mean, look at that yeah. fur. It, I mean, yeah. it makes sense. They are yeah. so weird looking, and yeah. they are. I mean, they're, like I said, they're kind of cute, but they are really freaking yeah. weird. Yeah, I, mean, I would say just in general on this story. Unless, or do we have more theories? To well, talk no. About? The only thing that I have left on this theory, particular, is that the at one point I think I talked about this. Maybe I didn't. Was that the legends say that the Mopinguari can't cross water? That it won't cross water, which oh. is kind of screwy since the Amazon is lousy with waterways. Yeah. Uh, well, it turns out the uh, the giant ant eater loves to swim, has no problems with it. So, mm. I mean, these both say that maybe the legend is wrong and the giant ant eater isn't the critter. I don't know, yeah. but that's all I got. Mm. I I would say in general, my feeling on this story is that it's certainly based in truth. Mm-hmm whether tenuously based in truth or not, Mm -hmm. uh, there are enough animals that could be this animal, both in distant past, Mm. as in the giant sloth, or modern... Megatherium. Yeah, or in the modern day with a giant anteater or some hereto with not yet discovered... That's the right use of the word. Some, yeah, some, some now, undiscovered. as of now, undiscovered creature in the Amazon because there are tons of them, I'm sure, still. Oh, yeah. Um, I just feel that this this is kind of one of those things where an indigenous people or lots of different groups of indigenous peoples came up with a story to not only talk about why it's important that you only take what you need, but also to scare the kids and also to explain some things they maybe didn't understand, and that legend just grew and grew and grew. And So South America's Captain Planet. Got it. Yeah. Joe, uh-huh. what's yours? Oh, probably, yeah. I mean, all these, all these stories are around. I mean, obviously, people tell stories. They like to tell stories, and telling fictional stories is nothing new, probably. No. So, no, I mean, no. Yeah, I mean, it could be... I mean, be, legends have been yeah. around for a while. I am yeah. currently listening to Dracula, so obviously we all love scary stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, you know, any of the Homer stories. Yeah. Are, yeah. And that's really, really early t- days, so... Yeah, so, I mean, that's what we do is we tell stories. There was nothing and else cautionary to do. tales, And usually. cautionary tales. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, that, we love that kind of a story. I mean, that kind of a... That kind of a story where, you know, somebody gets his rightful comeuppance, that kind of thing, and yeah. cautionary tales, they're all kind of in the same vein. Uh, so, yeah, I could totally see this whole thing just being entirely made up of whole cloth. Maybe sort of an amalgam of various critters that have been seen in the jungle. Yeah. Yeah, kind of just... Well, that's, that's my, or smell that's my idea yeah. of the, we didn't wait around, and it made a bunch of smells, and it made a bunch of ruckus, and you saw bits and pieces, and so you just, in your mind, you glue these three things together, yeah. and suddenly... New and, theory, giant skunk. Yeah, I was going to say, there are actually, there are animals out there besides the giant skunk. There's the stink badger of, mm-hmm. of Southeast Asia. There's yeah. The, and uh, the, you know, another, something else that can project a hideous, horrible smell. Although generally, it seems to be really small the critters. The skunk ape? Yeah, the skunk ape. But mm-hmm. it seems like really small creatures kind of need to have that particular right. defense against it, predators. Well, they use it as a defense, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Whereas if well, you're huge, you don't really need who that. Cares? But what's yeah. to well, say that's that... Just bad grooming. Well, I was yeah. going to say, yeah, what's to say that this animal isn't the natural predator of, say, the skunk? That's right. And I they get sprayed a lot. 
Yeah. Well, they just get sprayed a lot for oh, all I the see. skunks they're killing. Because they have no sense of smell. Right. Yeah. That's a, so that's evolved for them. They don't care. Uh-huh. They're just killing all of these stink animals. They're just grabbing all the skunks and it, the their stink Their fur badgers. is just yeah. so full of the years and years of stink. Uh-huh. Okay. I could be able by that. Yeah. I, you know, I want to say that it is just... It, it is a reason that, it, you know, it's, it's Stinky Ted with his dreads, uh, which Joe started us <laughs> on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a rhyming mood from earlier tonight, apparently. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I I really, I don't think, I don't think the Mopinguari is a current contemporary creature. Mm. I will call it a cryptid because I think that it may have been an unknown animal in the past in, you know, the scale that it's described at. I don't think that it's the uh, the megatherium, a megafauna, like we had in the past. I think it might have been some scaled down version that is no more. That mm. that's really what I think. Until Oren and his team come back with better data, because remember they uh, they've been collecting samples from people for years. People have been turning in uh, scat samples and hair samples, saying I think that this was the Mopinguari, and every time they test it, it turns out to be some other animal, some kind of monkey or an anteater or some other animal that's indigenous to the area. So, so far they, they, they literally have squat to show. So I really, unfortunately, I think that, I don't think that the, it's, it's a real thing anymore. Well, you know, the, it was. Uh, um, they've over, you've over, we've overlooked the theory actually, which is oh. that it's just the local Indians pulling the white man's leg too. You know, I almost wrote that in here. I'm <laughs> yeah. glad you brought that up because I, 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 I put that. that in there earlier, the fact that, you know, the Europeans showed up and the locals said, oh, by the way, there's this big, farty, smelly, stinky, gross thing. Stay well, out of there. That might have been their way to try exactly. to, to protect what they considered a precious item, whether it be gold or plants or pigs or, or whatever. literally just the forest <laughs> yeah <laughs> you really actually just uh, i could even see like that it's not even so much that motivation as you had these people showing up and next thing you know you get these really credulous people from universities it's anthropologist types who say please tell us about your folklore traditions and you're like uh, what the hell okay let me make something up here Maybe. and and we'll pay yeah. you to do it yeah we'll oh pay Oh, yeah. I, I tell good stories. Yeah, yeah, and you must have all sorts of really fascinating, colorful stories, like people like you always do. Oh, okay, let me pull something out of my butt here. Okay, <laughs> you know, and, so, and, and they make up something just so totally absurd and off the top, and they're like, and they're like, looking and then at they me. go to all the other. Have you? Do yeah. you know of the Mopinguari? Exactly. Do you have stories? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We totally have that. We here. do, but except ours smells worse. <laughs> do we have? Yeah, yeah. Tell me more about this. Yeah, and, and then, and, but, but yeah, and you see it. This guy after he makes this thing up out of whole cloth years ago, and then and he, later on he's telling his buddies, and they totally bought it. I don't know why these people think they're so much freaking smarter than we are. Oh my God, they just bought the whole thing yeah. hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> stupid <laughs> Europeans. Yeah. We really are stupid oh. Europeans. We are. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, that is the that is the end of the Mopinguari uh, cryptid story. Let's give you the important details, which are, if you are the Mopinguari and you want to tell us about yourself, you are more than welcome to do that. You can send us an email at thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. If you are not the Mopinguari, but you would also like to communicate with us, you can do so, you can do so through the same avenue. So story suggestions or comments or whatever it may be, send it to us there. 
You can get a hold of us all over the internet. Uh, so we are on the social media. You can get a hold of us on Facebook through the Facebook page or the Facebook group. You can get a hold of us on Twitter. We are on Instagram, on Reddit. So in order, Facebook page, Facebook group, Instagram, we are Thinking Sideways Podcast, are Thinking Sideways on Reddit. Instagram and Twitter. And thinking sideways on Twitter. Yeah. So put that out of order, but you got it. You can rewind. You'll figure it out. We are on just about every streaming service out there. Especially Stitcher Premium. Which we'll talk about in a second. (laughs) So you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, You can leave a comment and a rating there. We're on Google Play, which allows you to stream or download from anywhere you are at on your phone or your computer. No, I don't know if Google does your computer. But anyway, we are also on Stitcher. And more importantly, we're on Stitcher Premium. So if you want to be a Stitcher Premium member, go to stitcher.com slash thinking sideways. Use the promo code sideways when you sign up and you will get one month off of your year subscription if you sign up for the year subscription. And that entitles you to ad free episodes that come out four days early and then we're putting out bonus content once a on, month on stitcher premium so that'll be there as well yeah this episode's research just like every episode's research will be on our website that is thinking sideways podcast.com on the website you'll also find an episode list where you can find the entire historical list of all topics covered we have a merch section so you can find our merchandise so everything there is on the website again thinking sideways podcast.com really easy really fun to find uh with that having been said something smells in here so we're gonna get out of here ain't me and we'll talk to you guys next week bigfoot bigfoot is that you i'm not like the others bigfoot i see through the monster coating and the gentle loner inside i bet you have a wounded raccoon friend that you tenderly nurse back to health where you go but in the end they shoot you but you teach us about things